Peter Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Husband. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, probational chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm quite well. How are you? And I still think it's probationary. Not probational. I, I listen. I don't. In the unattended baggage shared universe, <laughs> it is probational. Uh, do we owe Marvel uh, like a royalty for that? What just for saying for shared, shared universe? universe. They, no. I, I bet they have that trademark. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, and if they do, then fuck them. They might have actually trade ver, uh, trademarked universe in general. And isn't that Disney now? Is it, it is. It, oh God! Oh, we're fucked. It's a mouse. <laughs> don't ever say the U word again. <laughs> <laughs> we will be dragged into court. <laughs> and flayed and, and drawn and quartered. They're like the Mormons and the Scientologists. Oh, no. Well, the Mormons aren't too bad. They don't, they don't try to really push it. But the Scientologists, you know, yeah, they're, they're freaky people. It's weird how we live so near their global headquarters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the heart of it. I mean, well, hang on. <laughs> we had no idea we were talking about this. But um, how many encounters have we had with Scientology? I've been beaten up by Scientology. By yeah. actual Scientologist, you know, yeah. uh, security. You well, know. you were in there. They, they didn't just come up on the street to you, though. I mean, you know. Well, their doors were open. It wasn't like they were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of in their backyard, but, you know. I mean, I would say that that's, that's an accurate description. Not that I'm giving them an excuse for whooping your ass, but. Right, right. But so. we had the black guy in the vest incident. Oh, yeah. I've been tra- trailed and photographed many times by them. Yes. Yeah. It just and it, that was the same thing that day with the. Uh, uh, with, All we were doing was going to Starbucks with, to get with, coffee with the bill. Co- no, what happened is, is I was early. So they were having some type of uh, art gallery event that was open to the public. Right. And I walked in there and they tried to. Oh, let me give you some pamphlet. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not interested. I'm just killing time. You know, and that was it. And I think I actually, uh, they had a, a bucket of uh, like uh, waters and juices and stuff like that. And I grabbed an orange juice because it was free. They were giving it away. Yeah. And I drank the orange juice, looked at some artwork and left, you know. And they Seems kept, simple enough. And they kept chasing me down. Oh, no, come on back in. Let's see. The t- you know, so they're trying to recruit me, obviously. Yeah. But then when I, guys, look, I want nothing to do with Scientology. And I was I was not rude or mean or aggressive or anything yeah. like that. But I was matter of fact about it. I'm, I tell you where well, I yeah. stand. I mean, you were you being know. nice enough because you got an OJ out of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to, you know, look, I wasn't there to fuck with them. And I just, you know, kill them all the time. And yeah, then they sent out the Bill Cosby guy yeah. to try to trick us into getting our information because they wanted our names and our contact information. Yep. And he did. He managed, came out, just introduced himself, and you know, hey, what's your name? Hey, how you doing? What do you do? You know that sort yeah. of stuff. And it turns out later, you know, we see him go around the corner, and then he's talking to one of the red coat Scientologists that are like the security staff. And then when we figured out he was a Scientologist, we said, hey man, look, we're not interested in this crap again. Yeah. And then the red coat guy came out and started taking photographs of us. You know, I mean, just crazy shit. You know, they're fucking Scientologists, man. They're, oh man, they're just a weird fucking bunch, man. 
But anyway, that had nothing to do with what we plan on talking about today. It had nothing to do with it. No, no, we had no nothing idea we were going to talk about that. So uh, what's going on in your world, man? Um, I thought we were starting with your world. You know, just weeks a week, you know what I'm saying? You have good yeah. weeks and bad weeks. And I don't really have a whole lot of personal stories to really get into this week. So right. um, I did want to get into your, you were supposed to be somewhere this morning. <laughs> and you're not going to be there this morning. No, no. And it's a, a little bit sad. Uh, my wife's uncle, uh, his funeral is today. And uh, unfortunately, I am not allowed to go. Why uh, aren't you allowed to go? Uh, because I am not vaccinated. And therefore, no one who is vaccinated, not vaccinated is allowed to go to the funeral. I mean, let me ask you a question, though. Couldn't you just lied and said you were vaccinated? Or well, were they going to check your card? Look, I, I met the guy three times in 30 years. It's not like I really wanted to go to his funeral anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of a convenient, a nice enough guy. You know, nothing like that. Yeah. But this is the uncle that uh, died of COVID. Yeah. You know. Are they afraid if he's going to die again because you go there? <laughs> well, here's the thing. He, quote unquote, died of COVID, even though he uh, was 86 years old. Uh, had uh, stage four or five terminal cancer, had been battling it for five years. Uh, in fact, five years ago, they gave him months to live, and he, you know, they put him on these experimental drugs, and it actually gave him a few more years. Yeah. Um, but he and he had been vaccinated prior to catching COVID and dying. So you know, t- like two months before he died, quote unquote, of COVID, uh, he was vaccinated. Uh, so just a whole lot of things going on there. Uh, but because of that, you know, they weren't allowing anyone that was unvaccinated to the funeral because they believe who's making that call, uh, his wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, under those circumstances, Hold on, is she vaccinated? Oh yeah. Yeah. They both got vaccinated at the same time. Um, but the thing is, is, uh, you know, fr- from their perspective, and again, it's totally their choice to, to believe this if, if they choose to, uh, from their perspective, you know, he died completely of COVID. That's really what they think. Yeah. Like they don't take anything else into consideration. They don't seem to. You know, it's it's like when it, yeah, he died of COVID. You know, and it's like they completely ignore the fact that you know, five years ago he was given six months to live because he had terminal cancer, and it the the the, dr- the experimental drugs that he was on were stopping the progression. Yeah, but he never went into remission. You know, he and he was eighty six. I mean, he lived a full life. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. You know, staying around eighty six is a you know. Yeah, it's right. a feat into into itself. You you surpassed your uh, uh, average life expectancy by eight years. Yeah, at eighty six, um, you're living the, on borrowed time. The average life expectancy in the U S. is seventy eight. Yeah, no, so I just I think the part that I don't get is that <coughs> we talked a little bit about this last week with the two different realities that are going on right now. Oh yeah, and that these people are living in a in a different reality that is supported by by. <sighs> Like the media and your politicians are feeding this false narrative. And here's the thing. It's not a completely false narrative. And that's part of the problem. That's the thing. It's a dramatized. It's it's like I said last week. It's like the news these days is like a made for TV movie based on a true story. Yes, you know? yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are there is a kernel of truth, but it's been so elaborated and so exacerbated and and so uh, you know over dramatized that that's where we are today. Like for example, my car radio. 
I have my car radio is totally screwed up, but I managed to get it to work and I managed to lock it into one station. It was the first station that I could pick up on the scan and I had to lock it in because I couldn't get anything else. And it's 89.7, which is the local NPR station. Yeah. And I got to tell you that I'm and I'm not exaggerating here based on listening to it for the past two weeks, having nothing else to listen to in my car. I'm going to say that somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% of their stories are either about COVID or have a COVID angle. They're COVID adjacent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And it's just, if that's what you're listening to. 24-7. 24-7. You're going to believe that, hell, I'm starting to get scared of COVID. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, You're going to believe that this is just like, it's dire. It's, It's, you know, and you have people on there. Like, I heard a woman commentator yesterday that says uh, Biden needs to immediately pass a law mandating uh, vaccines for everyone in America. Oh, my God. And they were like, yeah, that would really help solve the problem. Actually, no, they they didn't say it like that. Yes, that would really help to solve the problem here in America. (laughs) (laughs) Because they always talk real close to the mic and whisper. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's very soothing in a way. It is. Yeah. No, and I think that's why they do it that way. Yeah. Uh, the, the nuclear missiles are inbound, and we all have about 28 minutes to live. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about that? <laughs> you Let's can... go to our guest panel. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that I find to be funny now, though, is that, okay, so before, when they were taught, when all the media and the doctors and stuff that were trying to hype this thing up, right. they were all giving you the number of dead per day, right? Right. You know they've stopped doing that now. Yeah, because there's like eight dying per day. And they've given you the percentages increase or decrease off of of a certain amount of time. Right. Which, like, the Delta variant is this much more uh, this and this percentage more, and there's this percentage more of people that are getting it and this and this. Right. But the numbers, again, if you go look at the actual (laughs) chart and the actual number of people that are dead, it's like... 7 to 12 is right. a large increase. Right, exactly. So you yeah. can use that percentage as a large increase, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's not like that at all. And that's really where the numbers are right now for COVID deaths. It's like double digits in the U.S. Yeah. You know? so what? Are, so, but in order to keep the fear going, right. they have to, well, the Delta variant is going to be, you know, this. Well, now the Lambda, they're worried about the Lambda uh, variant, which they think is going to be much, much worse. It hasn't been discovered yet, <laughs> but they're convinced that the Lambda variant is going to be horrible. But these motherfuckers. So, so Biden it's just evil. Biden wants to start sending people door to door to convince people to get vaccinated. And I'm in the I'm in the full on lie mode. You know, oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Oh, really? Except in cases where it's things I don't want to go to and you have to be vaccinated anyway. So in those cases, I'm not vaccinated. So I am situationally vaccinated at this point. Okay, I got yeah. you. Situationally yeah. vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Depends on who's asking. I am really, really, really looking forward to the person that knocks on my door about this fucking vaccine. Yeah. Because I am not going to lie like Adrian. I am going to call the cops. I am going to fucking have the person <laughs> trespassed, right. and I'm going to yell at that person until they leave. Oh, and I'm going to make their it, life dude. a living hell. Don't do it. I am going to make it to where they quit the next day from doing this. It's like a census worker, man. They're just doing a $9 an hour job. That's I all they're don't doing. Care. Don't take it out on the messenger, I, no, man. No, no, no. It's not their fault. They need to not have messengers. 
Well, if we can't find people to work right now, if you're doing this job, it's because you want to, not because you need to. You know, I, I got to ask, why are you a crazy anti-vaxxer? <laughs> you what know the what? hell is wrong? I'm not, why don't I'm, you believe the science? Listen, I don't know why I'm not a crazy anti-vaxxer. I don't know why, because I actually don't think that I am a crazy anti-vaxxer. Oh, you're a crazy anti-vaxxer. Yeah. But you don't believe the science. You haven't looked at the data. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked at the data, which is why I don't want to take it. You know, fortunately, I did a little data surfing this week. Did you? <laughs> I did. I Hang did. 10 on the data uh, yeah, surfing. Absolutely. Hold yeah. on. What did you put it on? Just in the notes or on a piece of paper? I, I just, I have you? a little comment here and that's all I oh, need to remind that, me. It's not that important. Well, no, it actually is pretty important. I, I, I did. <laughs> I have two spreadsheets still open on my computer at home. So, okay. And they in total have about 18 million records. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I already did the data, but I, I just put my conclusions on here. So I ran the numbers. I actually went to the uh, U.S. database uh, for vaccine um, adverse reactions. Yeah. Okay. And I found out that so far uh, in 2021, there have been slightly over 9,000 deaths reported from uh, related to the vaccine. All right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I actually wanted to see how that corresponded to you know your risk of dying from the vaccine versus your risk of dying from covid itself mm -hmm. okay uh so in the u.s uh and now these numbers have changed because right now uh as of the the death toll today your your risk of dying from the vaccine is actually many times higher than your risk of dying from covid yeah but if you take it in totality like even with the back when uh covid was at its peak um at the highest point, total numbers, uh, you had a 0.18 chance of dying in America from COVID-19. Back in the day. But, well, right now, total. Those you are take, the total you think from number, the beginning From the until beginning now. until now, you would have had, during that time, a uh, 0.18 chance of dying from COVID-19. So not even 1%? No, no. Uh, One-fifth of 1%, okay. essentially. Now, if you were healthy... And you had no comorbidities. You actually only had a 0.01% chance wow. of dying from COVID-19. So that means uh, basically one person out of every 10,000, healthy person, one out of every 10,000 would die of COVID-19. If you believe the CDC numbers. And again, you're using their numbers. Uh, yeah, those are CDC numbers. Um, now, uh, and according to the uh, the national database on uh, vaccine adverse reactions, the VAERS system, um, 0.06% of everyone who has received the vaccine has died from an adverse reaction. From the vaccine. Yeah. So essentially, a healthy person, according to these numbers, has a six times higher chance of dying from the vaccine. Now... A, a person with comorbidities, so a person who already has serious health issues, um, has actually a three times higher chance of dying from COVID at the peak uh, than from dying from the vaccine. Yeah. So if you're a relatively healthy person and you analyze this data, the data suggests that it's actually safer for you to risk getting COVID as opposed to getting the vaccine. Now, if you're uh, if you have other uh, ailments, if, you, if you're sickly or you know have, have some type of chronic disease or something like that, then you are three times less likely to die uh, if you get the vaccine. So honestly, if, if you really calculate the numbers and you do a risk reward analysis for healthy people, it makes more sense not to get vaccinated and certainly for young people. Yeah. You know, for young people, 
Um, I, and I didn't extrapolate it out by age, but I, I probably should have. Because for young people, that um, you know that number, that death toll is probably point zero 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 one. You know, it's like one in a million, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And your chance of getting an adverse reaction from a vaccine is much higher. Now, look, and I don't want to sound like an anti-vaxxer because I think it's totally a personal choice. But I think the fact that we're treating people who choose not to get vaccinated as these idiots and they're just they don't believe the science and all this. I guarantee you that that may be true in some cases. There may be some people out there that aren't getting the vaccine because they li- they believe uh, lizard people run the world and are trying to eradicate humans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there may be other people in between that think the uh, uh, the pharmaceutical companies or don't care about what happens to people and they just want to make more money. There's a lot of plausibility to that. Yeah. And then there's others who have actually run the numbers and done an actual risk reward analysis and come out and said, I'm better off not getting the vaccine. Yeah. And that's kind of where I stand. And I also believe that the pharmaceutical companies are propping it up to, to make more money. They're already talking about booster shots. Uh, and I know this from NPR about booster shots for the vaccine for variants that don't exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> so they're already in preparation to make booster shots for variants that haven't mutated yet. Yeah. You know, uh, because they can sell them. Yeah. And they know the federal government will buy them at whatever price they say. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you saw this this part or not, but they had an interview with, and I forget the guy, what the, who the guy was. He's he's like, a, he's an HHS guy or some kind of dude. Right. Where he asked him, do they really need to know who got the vaccine and who didn't? And the argument that this man used was, the government has spent trillions of dollars on this. Right. So you no longer have the ability to, to make that decision. We deserve to know whether you got the shot or didn't get the shot. Okay. I'm pretty sure that the government spent trillions of our money on that. So we should probably get to make that decision. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing about people in government. At some point, the people in government stop thinking that they are actually using our money. And think that there's some you know magical entity that's just spending money for us, and they're spending their money. Yeah, you know, it all comes out of Barack Obama's personal stash. <laughs> you know, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the mindset they get. So this HHS official is saying, "Yeah, well, since the government spent all that money, um, then we should be able to tell the people to, what to do." Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the justification that they use. Look, it's why. <laughs> Look. It goes along with many arguments right now. My argument no longer is, well, we need to reform this program or we need to reform this program or we need to reform these things. Right. My thing is now we need to close them down. Right. I don't want to fuck with them anymore. I I don't want these people to have jobs. I want massive unemployment for government employees. And I'm not. Welcome to the party, pal. Exactly. (laughs) I want all these people to be out of work. Right. Because I no longer want them to have any position of authority whatsoever because these unelected bureaucrat scumbag pieces of shit are going on there and talking about this stuff in a way of like, who in the fuck do you think you are? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. What gives you that authority? Who gave you the right? to tell me what I'm going to put into my own body. Yeah. Who gave you the right to forcibly medicate me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that right. You don't have that authority. I don't care if it's good or bad or whatever. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't. Yeah. It could be for my own good. thought it was it, my body, my choice. Exactly. That's that's only when it comes to, you know, pregnancy, apparently. I guess so. You know? I wish there was some uh, consistency in that. Like, that's the, you know what? It's hard to have any discussions with any of these people either because there's no, like, there's no principles. 
No, like, it, there's no it, underlying principle to any of it. It's like they don't even understand the hypocrisy of it. Like a perfect example, perfect example. Joe Biden is, uh, I, I don't know if he already signed it or signing it this weekend or something like that, is signing an executive order telling the FDA to allow hearing aids to be sold over the counter. Essentially, the FDA is going to stop regulating hearing aids uh, so that people can just go out and buy hearing aids. Now, if that, and his his rationale behind him is, look, you know, now the way the, the, the system is set up, doctors have to prescribe it, and it ends up costing someone several thousand dollars to get a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Whereas he said, if they were just over the counter and available, it would only cost a couple hundred dollars. Okay, that's what the man said. Okay, now if that's not the clearest indication that the FDA is making shit worse for the American people, I don't know what is. So how does he not look at that and say, "Huh, well, you know what? If the FDA is fucking this up and making it, you know, harder to get and much more expensive for people, maybe we ought to look at some of these other things." But he doesn't. He in in, in his mind somehow it's like government regulation is fantastic, but it totally fucked this up. But everything else is great. Yeah. No, no. It, it, these, and again, they know it. They're just authoritarian psychopaths at the end of the day. That is exactly what it is. You're dealing with people that really do look. They look at the American public, think that they're all fucking stupid as shit, which don't get me wrong. I've seen some of the American public and there's, there's a little bit of a case to be made for there. Right. But the solution to it is not like, well, we need to take care of them from cradle to grave. Like, that's just not the way it's going to work. But that's what the way, and they do it because they want the power and they want the money. Right. And and that's really what it comes down to. And they use these things. Be, and that's why they have no shame when they'll stand on the, you know, they'll stand on the graves of dead soldiers. They'll stand on the graves of dead kids. They'll stand on whatever they have to stand on and, and, and have no ideological consistency whatsoever. No set of principles, no governing principles that govern their decisions. Right. Which is why it's always, and again, going off on a tangent here, but it's why there's nobody in Congress that wants to stop the bill because it's unconstitutional. Oh, They're like, well, we're going to send it to the man. Supreme Court to do that. Shit. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even give nobody, a shit about that. Nobody's talked about whether something is constitutional or not for de- uh, almost well, decades on. now. Un, un, no, no, no. Well, they do. They do, actually. That's the thing. They will use that terminology at times when it's something they don't like. Whether it's constitutional or not is irrelevant. Right. They'll use that. Like, well, that's unconstitutional to do that. You know what I, I, mean? I, I don't. I don't believe that many members of Congress uh, have either read the Constitution or definitely don't understand it. Well, they look at it as they got to get around it. Yeah, It's not a limiting document for them. It's a workaround. It's a stumbling block. Yeah. Like, they're mad at it, which is why they're mad at people that would say, you shouldn't do that because it's it's not not constitutional. Well, they They don't care. The Constitution is dead. Well, as far much. as I'm concerned, it's it's a completely well, useless. They're not document doing. They're not. Point. They're not. They're not. They're not limiting themselves by it. Obviously, no, no not even remotely. So, but they haven't for decades. Well, and this either. goes. This goes with Trump's lawsuit that he has right now going on. I don't know if you heard about this, but he's got a lawsuit now for Google against Google, Facebook, and Twitter for basically blocking him on the on those sites. Right. Saying that they're violating his First Amendment speech. Yeah. The Google, but, Facebook, not, and Twitter don't have to follow the First Amendment. Yeah. They're exactly. Private companies. It, it's watching these arguments at play. And it's like, yeah, what the I know. fuck. And don't get me wrong. I think that Trump's doing it just in order to to, to raise money because he already put out fundraising emails based off of this. Yeah, well, fuck that guy. So, He's an idiot. Exactly. So, but I guess we kind of talked a little around this a little bit. But the Biden administration is launching the door to door push to vaccinate Americans. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know, at least at least he's not uh mandating it. You know. Yeah. I right, exactly. This is the next step. But he don't they 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 do it in a step process. Right. Eventually there's going to be a mandate for it. Now don't get me wrong, I think that the mandate won't make it through. Right. But they're going to try. They're yeah. absolutely, and then and they look at everybody like you're selfish if you're not going to take the vaccine. Fuck you. Right. If your vaccine worked, then what the fuck are you worried about? Well, you know, I'll I'll treat the uh, the COVID door to door people just like I treat the sensitive people. I tell them four. <laughs> that's constitutionally that's all you need to know. There's yeah. four people living in this household. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. You know? Or whatever whatever number of people are. Well, living I think you're in. down to three now. Though. We're down to three. Well, we we're like three and a half because the the son the youngest son comes home from college every now and oh. again. So it's it's you know kind of a gray area where he stands. I got you. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh yeah. If they do mandate it, I think I, I think they know they a if they mandate it, they are going to have such a public backlash that it's not going to be worth it. You know. Yeah. They might even have people break windows at the Capitol again. <laughs> you know um and they also know that they have no constitutional authority to do it so they they will uh you know with the the supreme court right now it's hard to say whether they, that would you know no i don't think they i don't think they'd hold it up i you don't think they'd uphold that one i i bet it'd be a five four mm, i think it'd be a six three you think it'd be a six three I, i'd go six three nah, okay well that's good at least but yeah. I don't. I, you, you never can tell with this, though. And again, I don't trust anybody anymore. Oh no, that's the thing. Like my trust is gone. Not that I really had a whole lot to begin with, right? But it's gone now, though. It's all fucking kinds of gone. Yeah, and I don't you trust know, I any used to. I actually used to look at the Supreme Court as a legitimate backstop for some constitutional things, but you can't even look at it like that anymore. Yeah, I don't trust them at all. No, no, I don't trust any of it. Though. And it's not like I, I distrust the liberals and trust the conservatives or distrust the conservatives and trust the liberals. I don't trust any of them. No, I don't. You know I don't saying? trust any of them. Yeah. It's just, it's way too politicized uh, at this point. And everything that goes through there is a political issue, not a constitutional issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There is one thing I, I guess. Hold on. We're not going to get to this. We're getting, are we getting to the Afghanistan stuff? Yeah, we probably should. Okay. We're not going to do that right now then. Let's, let's not do that right now because I, there is a lot of movement right now in the dystopian future chart oh, yeah. that we really need to get to. And I want to get to that in the first hour. And I think it's going to take a while to get through this because it's a lot of different stuff. Well, in the, uh, we actually have uh, five different categories on the uh, dystopian future chart. A lot of movement this week. Yeah, folks. moving up, moving up. Every uh, a lot of things moving up in the charts, and we'll start with uh, the 1984 DFC. Yes, uh, which of course is the Orwellian future, and that is uh, Coors is actually launching a campaign to inject ads directly into your dreams <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> right <laughs> and this isn't a joke folks uh, they're really doing it now right now it's happening with volunteers um and they started actually this in the super bowl so they're they're actually asking people to watch uh a specific ad i think the one they ran in the super bowl last year or earlier this year and uh watch it like uh, a few times before going to bed and then they uh, play that the same background music from the ad to see and then monitor the dreams to see if they've actually injected a Coors ad into your brain. So the expectation is that they would, um, you know, uh, make it so that you dream variations of the ad and that Coors products, it's like they're trying to do product placement directly into your brain. And I got to tell you, 
even though this is just, you know, cores doing an advertising thing, this is something that is going to become pervasive. And this is something that all kinds of uh, not only advertisers will use, but uh, governments will use eventually trying to influence your subliminal, your subconscious, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So look for that. Now, I actually think there was a movie uh, or, or a book. I can't remember which it was where this was a thing. And like, um, you know, they were just constantly inundating people's dreams with advertisements. And there was like being broadcast and something. I wish I could remember what that was, but it was. It was a, uh, you know, a far-fetched thing at the time, but now, obviously, uh, with the, uh, the advances they've made in understanding, uh, you know, brain technology, for lack of a better term, um, they're able to do this sort of thing. You know, so that's I'm going to give that uh, one point for the 1984 Orwellian DFC. All right. Yeah. Done. Done. So next on the list is uh, one that I don't know if we originally had on the DFC, but I think it definitely needs to be there. Yeah, I think this is a new addition. To the I DFC. think this is a new addition. So uh, uh, new on the charts this week is the splice DFC. And again, I don't know if that's the best term for it, but we're kind of sticking with well, the hold movie on. What references. is Splice? Was that a movie? Oh, God. Yeah, that was a, a really disturbing movie about um, these two scientists that um, create this animal-human hybrid and uh, it then adopt it as their daughter. But it's like this freaky thing. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, the the father, quote unquote, scientist uh, ends up having sex with it. And it oh, just, my God, uh, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a totally disturbing movie, man. It's all kinds of messed up. And it goes on and, you know, kills everybody and, you know, that sort of thing um, has sex with it, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, if you haven't seen it, it's called Splice and it is a totally messed up movie, but it's the kind of movie that you got to watch at least once. Uh, so anyway, I'm calling this for our new category, which is the Splice DFC. And the story is Israeli doctors develop a pig-human hybrid organ for transplant. So they're starting to create uh, these hybrid humans uh, with animal organs. So the, the concept there is instead of having to transplant organs donated from humans, they can just grow these pig-human hybrids in the lab and then harvest them for organs. And they're, they're doing this stuff, folks. You know, again, every time I see something like this, it's I, I hear Jeff Goldblum saying, uh, you know, you're so busy trying to figure out whether you could do it. You didn't stop to think whether you should. Yeah, I know. You know? Right. It's weird how prophetic that how prophetic that movie ended up. being. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was about dinosaurs for Pete's sake. Yeah. So this is essentially what they're able to do is to create a uh, pig human hybrid uh, with your specific blood type. So they essentially grow these organs for you. You know what I'm saying? So that it's, it prevents rejection. Um, and that's really the, uh, um, here's, here's a quote. We remove, remove the pig's internal layer of blood vessels and replace it with a human layer, thereby humanizing the blood vessels of the organ and generating a hybrid organ, a pig organ with humanized blood vessels. This is the way to surmount the barrier to pig organs and humans. So there you go, folks. And again, this is an early step, but you know out there that <laughs> you, you have to know at this point, that there's been at least a handful of underground uh, medical procedures where they have created animal-human hybrids. They're out there. Now, I, I don't know if any have ever gotten out in the wild or anything like that, but you know at some point in time, you know, whether it was in some Siberian lab or in some, you know, some lab uh, next to Wuhan or something like that, 
um, or even in the U.S., you know, um, somewhere, somehow these human animal hybrids exist and it's a question of how many how far have they gone you know have have they any escape but it's you know it's just something that it's just like don't fuck with that you know just don't do that okay hold on i gotta i i, I want to kind of flush this one out a little bit more than what we're doing right now okay so there's another in the jerusalem post there's another quote in here and i do want to bring this quote up not to play devil's advocate here right the shortage of organs available for transportation is a chronic problem globally. For the last few decades, there has been no major breakthroughs in increasing supply, and the number of people on a waiting list is high and ever expanding. According to the organization Donate Life, some 8,000 Americans die each year waiting for a transplant. Right. They're not, it seems with reading this, that they're not creating an entire man, bear, pig, for the lack of a better term. Right. That they're only creating. Like a body part. Well, you have to think of it in a certain way. It, you can't create a body part with vessels without uh, creating a pumping system for those vessels. So you have you would at least have to create a rudimentary circulatory system, a rudimentary pulmonary system. Um, you know, there's certain things that an organ is not going to survive without. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but but they don't need a brain though, right? Nah, you you need at least a uh, you know Precambrian brain, uh, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, you know? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, because you you need something to tell the heart to beat. You know what I'm saying? Um, you need something to tell the the lungs to expand and and uh, contract. So I, I don't know how far, and this this article is very vague on how far they're taking it, but I would have to think that they would at least have to take it to a basic. Uh, pulmonary system, a, a basic uh, cardio system, you know. It, oh, there's a total other movie that we need to use instead of Splice. Well, I guess there's not a total other movie that well, we need to use. Well, what is that? Um, shit, I don't remember the name of it. It had, um, oh, fuck. No, 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 you, we're using Splice. Well, we you use, just, no, no, Splice makes you it, just You just have to go and watch Splice. I'll have to go and that's, watch Splice. That's what yeah. you have to do. It had, Ethan Hawke was in it, and. Um, Gattaca? Uh, no, not Gattaca. It was, um, hang on. I got to look it up now. Uh, like I totally, this is, look this, this is comp- compelling radio here. Uh, why it was, no, it was the one with, um, the lotto where everybody was stuck in this thing. And then if you won the lotto, you were able to get through had Scarlett Johansson in it. Was that a remake of Logan's run or something? No, uh, no, no, no. Logan's no, it wasn't a remake of Logan's run. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that movie. Uh, anyway, moving on. While you're looking up that movie, I'm going to move to our Terminator DFC this week. And the, the Terminator DFC, we see, it seems like almost every week we have uh, Terminator DFC moving up the chart. And this one is uh, Israeli uses first ever AI drone swarm in battle to hunt down and blitz Hamas terrorists with no human input. And, you know, I, 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 I want to say that we talked about uh, Iran doing this before or somebody else doing this before uh but now uh israel is uh doing the same thing and uh guess what drones uh swarms of drones uh hunting down and tracking down uh you know uh hamas quote-unquote terrorists you know without any human input this is bad this is bad you know here's the thing too by the way i hate to i hate to i hate to um go after uh 
I hate to go after the Jews like this, but like I'm kind of getting a little pissed going off after with them. the Jews. You're going after Israel, the Israeli government. I'm just saying they need to stop doing you what can, they're doing. You can separate those two. That's not anti-Semitic to say the Israeli government should not use automated drones to uh, hunt down and kill people with no human intervention. You know, yeah. I, I don't think that's like, uh, you know, being anti-Semitic or anything like that. You know, okay. Or racist right. or, or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just saying that's a bad thing to do. I don't care what government is doing it. Yeah. Like, stop doing this, please. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, the Israeli government needs to sit down together and watch Terminator because I don't think they've seen it. Well, I, I think that they use, I think they took notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of getting sick of them taking notes on all this shit, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. pissing me off. I can't figure out this fucking name, by the way. Um, I, 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 I need to I need to get to the get end over of it, this. Please. Get over it. I can't get over it. I'm sailing away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The well, island. The island. That's what it was. The island. Is that like the island of Dr. Moreau? No, 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 it's, no. It's got to be a takeoff on that because that's what the island of oh, Dr. It Moreau. It was Ewan McGregor, not freaking. Oh, well, that helps. Yeah. It was, a, it was about that they were remaking real people. Right. And making like a clone of that person. Okay. And leaving them in this place. Right. And then if something happened to the person out there that they would kill this person, harvest their organs, and give it back to that person. Oh, but right. it would be an exact match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, and and the people, they actually developed them with a fully developed brain and everything, so they... They were a human. They were a full-on well, And they human. would say, that, like, they gave them the story about how the Earth is, is bad, but they're doing this lotto thing, and if you win the lotto, then you get to go to the next thing. Right. But if you won the lotto, you actually got killed. <laughs> yeah, you got killed and you got harvested. Yeah, 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 you yeah. got harvested. Yeah, and, and some of them figured it out and tried to escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see that movie, and I think Splice is a, a much better... Uh, no, no, we'll go with that. We'll go with Splice. Yeah, I'm, I, you're, I'm, you're damn I'm right not, we will. Um, and now, now... One for the Cassandra trigger, by no, the way. No, two. Two this oh, week. Oh, shit. So Moving up two in the charts. I, I think, actually, the Cassandra trigger might be you know, either topping the charts or real close at this point. It's looking good for you. So, so we've got um, two things on the Cassandra trigger. The first one is supermarkets are stockpiling inventory as food costs rise. So the supermarkets are basically saying, oh, shit, inflation has hit. And it's probably coming on harder. So what we're going to do is we're going to start stockpiling shitloads of all the non-perishables that we can keep on the shelves. Smart for, move. Yeah, months and months and months to try and save profits. Yeah, smart move, by the way. Now, what's interesting about this is being uh, essentially a prisoner to NPR for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I got to hear NPR's take on that because I, I actually originally read this in the Wall Street Journal and and on, on various, you know, uh, financial uh, sites that I, I go to. And they're all reporting it that, you know, these these grocers are saying that, yeah, we, we see the writing on the wall with inflation. We're going to try to protect some of our profits by getting in now, investing, uh, you know, capital in storing these goods at the lower price. So when we sell them later for more, we're going to make the profit on it. Yeah. Makes total sense, right? NPR, however, reported on the same story. And they say they're doing it in case there's another shortage from COVID. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's exactly how NPR reported it. Motherfucking they said, propaganda. They said nothing about you know. And I used to love NPR because I thought they were they were left leaning, but the factually they generally told factual stories. Now I don't know what's changed in the past year or two, but they are full on propaganda. 
You know, it's it's absolutely insane. So so they reported on this exact same story that retailers are stockpiling, you know, non-perishable goods. Um, and they're reporting, yeah, they, they really learned a lesson uh, from last year when COVID struck and, and there were shortages and empty store shelves. So they want to make sure that never happens again. And, you know, with the Delta variant coming on now and, and possibly the Lambda variant, uh, you know, they want to be prepared in advance so that, you know, when, when we do see these spikes in cases uh, that, that they're not, uh, you know, shorthanded and empty shelved again. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding. That's exactly how they reported it. I'm like, you fucking people, man. Like, now, here's the thing. If you don't know the backstory, if you don't pay attention exactly. to all of it, then what they're saying makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. And here's the thing. It's an ancillary benefit when you have disruptive supply lines right. to have the stuff in, in, in back there. Sure. Like, so it's not a bad idea. Here's the thing. It's not a bad idea. And, and if that's the reason that they were doing it, well, here's the thing. I'm sure that some grocery store, you know, uh, buyers and things like that have have said, "Oh yeah, well, if it does happen again, we're, we're stocked up." But the main motivation is a financial one. Well, and they don't they want to ignore that motivation because they don't want you to think about the inflation. Coming. Exactly, exactly, and that's the point. And it, it, but in the same, but at the same time, NPR says the good news about inflation is wages will increase. Right, exactly. But traditionally, when inflation hits. The cost of goods and services raises rises at a much much faster rate than uh, the wages do. Yeah, because think about it. You know, it's like you don't go to the grocery store. Like for example, gas right now is here in Florida. It's about three bucks a gallon. Yeah. Okay. So, how many people out there just went into their boss and said, "Hey, you know, gas is at three bucks a gallon. I need a raise." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not happening because the boss is going to say, depending on your job. Um, yeah, well, uh, talk to me in, uh, you know, uh, next March when, uh, you know, it's, it's time for annual reviews. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that they're saying that, while it's partially true, um, it's the, uh, the salaries are always at a deficit when inflation hits. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because they won't raise as much. Exactly. Inflation is like, inflation in goods and services is like right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so yeah, that's a, it, again, it's, I'm so disappointed in NPR. Uh, so anyway, if that's, there, by the way, if there was one station that I would like to actually like to be back on, it'd be NPR. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd like to have a show on NPR five days a week, couple hours a day, almost just to counter the rest of the programming on NPR. You know, I would say that the chances of that happening are, are none. If there, if there could be a chance below zero, it would be that. Yes. <laughs> if there's a negative probability of that happening, I, I think that would be it. Even um, though I think we'd be the most popular show on NPR. Uh, no, we wouldn't. Uh, they would hate us. Uh, they would. That's why we'd probably, be the most popular show on NPR. They would probably run us out on a rail. That's why we'd be the most. Everybody because, would listen. Oh, my God. The callers into NPR. Oh, my God. All, would flip out. Oh, my God. Some of these people are just the most insane authoritarian. Why can I never say that word? Say that word for me. Authoritarian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> authoritarian. Thank you very much. Uh, there's some of the worst those uh, that there are anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, these people make like uh, Chinese Communist Party members look tame. Yeah. You know. It's uh, why they like China. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, so that's point one for the Cassandra Trigger. Yes. Uh, a, a book available on Amazon, uh, authored by yours truly. Um, point two is <laughs> faces are the next target for fraudsters. And so what's happening now is the government, of course, uh, for government benefits has moved to 
toward facial recognition. So in order to, you have to go online and, you know, they take a photograph of your face from your camera, from your computer, your cell phone, or your, you know, a tablet, whatever, and they compare it to their database. So now people to trick the AI are uh, putting on masks and identifying themselves with that mask and then just using that mask every time they have to log on to government websites. And in some cases, it's actually working. <laughs> now, Oh, my God. Some of these masks are actually pretty damn good. Like uh, that uh, that uh, guy down in the lower left-hand corner, that's a pretty damn good mask. I mean, that's, that's that, yeah, that one. That one actually looks really good. Yeah. That one does look good. Yeah, uh, some of them look pretty good. All Others, right, the one up top. Okay, so the, the, the black guy up top. Oh, yeah, the old black one? man. Yeah, that looks... It looks good but there's something wrong with it yeah you know what I'm there's saying? something wrong but like i don't know what it is and then on the top row that woman right there that's totally you know that's that's fake i think shit. that's actually a sex doll <laughs> i think it might I, be i think someone is putting their sex doll in front now of the how camera about the, i'll tell you what this what's the scariest one to you um probably the the one in the third row second in with the eyes looking up that's just freaky looking okay so i'm gonna go second row all the way to the right yeah, that just looks pretty ridiculous. Oh, that's got the one eye swollen shut. That's yeah, a, I don't, that's like an old man that got the shit beat. I out don't of him. like that one though. <laughs> yeah. And then the one underneath him, I don't like that one either. That one scares me too. Actually, most of them scare me. Actually, the one underneath it looks a little bit like me. <laughs> you look that, better than that. that. That might trigger my you know, facial recognition. You look scale. better than that. But the point is, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I look better than slightly better than a Halloween mask. <laughs> But the point is, is, is the government is using facial recognition now for identifying for uh, government benefits. I think these particular benefits, uh, the, the ones these uh, photos were taken for, uh, were for unemployment benefits. So these are people applying for unemployment, making completely false identities from scratch using masks because of facial recognition. <laughs> So uh, there, <laughs> which honestly, I think is fucking awesome. I, I, I hope there's millions of people doing that. I love the fact that people are doing that. You know, and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are getting mad at, uh, you know, people cheating the system. But at this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking A. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, Well, yeah, because, yeah, because you're at the point now where you just want to see all the as much cheating from the system as you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to see it just totally devolve into chaos. I don't know? blame you either, by yeah. the way. Like, it, it, it it's again, we, we deserve what we're getting. And we get what we deserve. Yeah. So uh, two key points in the Cassandra trigger were, uh, you know, uh, food inflation and the misuse of facial recognition by government mm -hmm. and uh, trying to get around that facial recognition. Uh, so uh, I got to give myself two points on that one. As you should, by yeah. the way. I, yeah. I, hold on. I second the motion. Hearing no discussion. Motion passes. Okay. I don't get a vote because I'm probationary. Yeah. <laughs> or probational, as you yeah, like to please, say. Yeah, please use the term correctly. You know, uh, somebody chime in and, and uh, tell us if probationell is actually a word. No, it's totally not a word, man. We already it looked could. this up. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, we did that already. Well, hold on. I'll look it up again just to make sure. Okay. Um, now, next on the dystopian future chart is the day after. Now, do you remember that one? The day after tomorrow? Is that the no, one? No, 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 no. Not, not the one where the ice storms and that stupid bullshit. Uh, this is the day after. This was the 1980s uh, TV um, uh, movie, or maybe it was like a three-day miniseries or something, uh, where you know the America gets nuked, and it was a. Oof, at the time, it was terrifying. You know, actually, it still holds up pretty good. All right, I have not. I've not. 
I don't remember this. Anyway, show. so the, the the day after is the the World War Three nuclear exchange scenario. Oof, not good. And uh, rising a point on that one is China, China's Taiwan ambitions could drag Japan and U.S. into war with the Asian power. Official says. Uh, so basically, the Japanese are thinking that this is going to go real bad real quick. Um, uh, it, in fact, uh, the quote by the Japanese deputy prime minister, uh, Taro Aso, said it would not be too much to say that it could relate to a survival threatening situation. So and I assume he's talking about for the nation of Japan. And that makes sense. Uh, you know, it's, if China invades Taiwan, um, I don't think that Japan uh, and South Korea have already pretty much said they're going to pledge their support. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Japan and South Korea alone could probably stymie China pretty well, but I don't think they're going to outright win that battle. You know what I'm saying? They could probably slow them down. They might even stop them, uh, but it, they would have to get the U.S. involved. And and it, it, you know, Japan has been ramping up militarily, which is uh, you know probably in this situation a good thing. But you know, the U.S. is probably going to have to get involved in that if China does actually attack Taiwan. It would be very difficult for me to see a scenario where the U.S. wasn't involved somehow. And with China's ambitions and, you know, China's aggressive nature, I think at some point the U.S. is going to have to say we have to draw a line in the sand, even though it's going to cause a, a absolute chaos economically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. Here's the thing. If China were to cut off, if China and the U.S. were to end a trade relations, it would definitely do more damage to the U.S. than it would to China. Uh, now, see, the thing is, is China's economy has evolved to almost the point of self-sufficiency. They have 1.2 billion consumers. So our 330 million consumers is not as important to them anymore. It's still pretty important, though. Yeah, but it's far more important uh, for the U.S. to have Chinese suppliers. Uh, we, if if China cut us off, we would have no electronics. Period. Not for a while, we would go. We would go three years where there was no access to pretty much anything electronic. No cars would get made. No refrigerators would get made. Uh, no cell phones would get made. Nothing. Mm. would get made and we would be literally kind of like cuba after the embargo whoa you know we would we would Going have back to 1960s cars we would we would we there would be no more new cars there would be no more new appliances there would be no more new electronics there would be no more new computers and tablets and laptops and phones and none of this stuff um for a very very long time because you have to understand that like somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80 percent of all those goods are manufactured in china and the u.s couldn't ramp up in time now the other side of that equation is the u.s has become very dependent on the chinese consumer base so what happens is not only are u.s companies manufacturing in china they're also selling to china because you got to remember they got 1.2 billion consumers yeah but what happens if they cut the u.s out of the equation well they produce everything and they've got 1.2 billion consumers to buy the products i mean that's yeah I mean, you're raising a good point there yeah so they don't you can't care. say it's not going to cause any damage for them though it's still oh it will damage. it's going to hurt them it's going to cripple us yeah and that's the difference and 
The good news is, is we may go back to, you know, uh, relying much more on U.S. manufacturing and U.S. manufacturing would eventually ramp up. Um, but we would be so far behind the curve. I mean, you think the chip shortage is bad right now where you can't get stuff? I mean, you know, like I, I said last week, we're ordering windows for the house. We're not going to see them till October Gee, because man. of the, the shortages. And that's a U.S. manufactured product. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, I don't think people can even imagine what How that would do to be. the consumer industry in this U, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's a good point, by the way. So, so that's a uh, that's actually that uh, that could be an economic uh, crisis more than a, a potential for nuclear exchange, because I don't honestly think that anywhere on the planet these days wants to have a nuclear exchange with the U.S. because they know they're going to lose that. Yeah, no matter what. Or actually, your best case scenario in a nuclear exchange is a really, really, really horrible draw. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but uh, yeah, they, it could it could end up with major economic consequences, and China would come out the winner of that one. We may win the war and defend Taiwan, but we would lose the the battle, I should say. But we would lose the long term war. And yeah. like you said last week, it's a hundred year plan, and they're halfway through it. Yeah, I mean, unless you just nuke all of China and kill all those people, not a bad idea at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should probably go for that. Yeah, I'm not saying you take the option off the table. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I hate the communists. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn so. communists. Wait, did you know I learned I hate something? hate them over there and here. I learned something uh, recently that in China... Jump rope. Even though... No, I, oh, I've known how to jump rope since I was like six. Oh. Um, in China, even though there's 1.2 billion people, only 95 million people are members of the Communist Party. Who are the rest of them part, part of? They're just... Well, they're not. <laughs> it's not like there's another party. It's just, oh yeah, yeah. It's either you're a member or you're not. So only 95 million out of the 1.2 billion, yeah. is actually members of the yeah, Communist like seven percent or eight percent, something like that. Yeah, we should kill all those people. That might not be a bad idea. But here's the thing: a lot of them are just doing it because it's like, well, if you're a member of the party, you have perks and you get better yeah, jobs yeah, gotcha. and stuff like well, that. So, and you get killed. But it does make you realize that. If the Chinese people had a little bit different mindset, if they were a little more individualistic, um, you know, because Chinese people are not they're they're not. They think in, you know, a group mentality. They think that individuals aren't as important and, and things like that. They're very yeah. unlike Americans. Well, and they're regard. racist and they are racist. Yeah. So but uh, yeah, it, it goes to show you that if there was ever a strong enough spark of individualism in China, that the communists wouldn't have a chance of, uh, you know, holding power. Well, if there's that much of a spark, they move to Taiwan. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, uh, or they end up being exiles in the U.S., which there's a whole lot of Chinese, you know, former exiles. party member exiles uh, in the U.S. Uh, but you know, if if they were to rise, uh, you know, enough, I mean, Tiananmen Square got, you know, obviously knocked down when there was a, a bit of an uprising in the '90s. Uh, but if they were to really take it seriously, they could easily overthrow the Communist Party. Yeah, you know, they're just not interested enough. I guess not. Um, all right. So now you put this article up and I didn't really look into it too much, though. So I wanted to ask you about it. It says 20 years after 9-11 lawsuit against Saudis hits key moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's what's happening is uh, the uh, on the 20th. I'll just read the first paragraph of the article as the 20th anniversary of September 11 terrorist attacks approaches. Victims relatives are pressing the courts to answer what they see as a lingering question about the Saudi government's role. Uh, so essentially what they're doing is the families of 9-11 victims are suing uh, the federal government for full disclosure on the Saudi involvement. Yeah. And it's clear that, you know, look, 
and we're talking and we're going to talk about a lot uh, this a lot in the second hour what's going on in afghanistan right now with mm-hmm. the troop withdrawals and all that but really you know we we should have said mission accomplished back when um you know we got a, a bin laden because there is nobody alive today that was involved in the planning or execution of 9-11 with the exception of the saudi royal family mm-hmm. you know um, and obviously, we never had any intention of going after them because we, with the, the U.S. government, hid all the involvement of the Saudis. Well, and they got them out of the country. Got them out of the country in advance. When no other right. planes could actually travel, yep. they took them out of the country. Yes, yes. The Saudis were allowed to leave. Yeah. You know? um, that was Bush that did that. That was Bush that did that, yeah. Um, and uh, so now the, the families are, are suing. Uh, let's just do a quote here. Well, oh, they've been suing for a long time. Yeah, but now it looks like it's it's really moving ahead. Uh, quote, the legal team and the FBI investigative agencies can know about the details of my dad's death and thousands of other family members' deaths, but the people who it's most relevant to can't know, said Brett Eagleson, uh, whose father Bruce was among the World Trade Center victims. It's adding salt to an open wound for all the 9-11 family members. Um, so anyway, it's, it's this is proceeding ahead. Who knows what the final outcome is going to be? Uh, but, you know, hopefully we get to finally hear the truth about the Saudi involvement. And it's it's absolutely clear that on some level, we don't know how far or where, but on some level, the Saudis assisted, funded, um, you know, provided cover for. They knew about it. They knew it was going to happen. At best, they are complicit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without question. Well, no, they participated. Because some members of the Saudi, which you got to remember, Osama bin Laden was a member of the Saudi royal family. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of his brothers, sisters, cousins, you know, nieces, nephews, uncles, whatever, were obviously uh, probably involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, it's just amazing to me that we we didn't address that head on initially. And you have to ask yourself, they're afraid why. to well, oil. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Oil. That's the whole reason why. But here's the thing. If we went in and invaded two nations over that, you know what I'm saying? Why didn't we just invade Saudi Arabia? Take You want to talk about taking the oil? Take that oil. That's already said. You know, Iraq has a lot of oil in the ground, and Afghanistan doesn't seem to have that much, but they have some. Uh, But Saudi, they already got it set up, man. (laughs) Oil else are right there ready to start pumping. Yeah, well, we're beholden to them for some reason. I guess. I, and I, it makes me wonder what is, and I, actually, no, it doesn't make me wonder. I know what it is, is because long ago they agreed to steer OPEC to always sell oil in U.S. dollars. And really, that's the only thing keeping the fiat dollar alive these days mm-hmm. is the fact that oil is always transacted in dollars, not gold, not euros, not rubles, not won, dollars. And that's uh, that's why we are so beholden to them, because if they ever changed their tune <coughs> and convinced OPEC to take some other currency for oil, uh, the dollar's value would, you know, uh, fall by half overnight, mm-hmm. and it would create just economic chaos, uh, not only in the U.S. but honestly throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you talk about walking a global tightrope. Yeah. So basically, that you know, the Saudis do have that Damocles sword hanging over our head, uh, which with, is why nothing's ever going to come from this. Now, probably not. You're right. Actually, yeah. It, it, the truth will probably uh, never. It's come why out. you have the government actually on the side of secrecy to not let oh, these yeah. people know what's going on, and that's why there were the 28 pages redacted from the 9/11 Commission report, and that's why it doesn't matter whether it was Bush or Obama or Trump right. or whoever it was. Yeah, 
they're all they're all in on it. Right. Yeah. You've had two different parties uh, in power uh, two times each since this happened, and none of them got the truth out. Well, and the only one now here's the thing: the one that you could say was the most transparent in his showing of his fidelity to it was Trump, right. but only because the way that Trump talked. Uh, yeah, but he, look, you, you can't square anything that Trump has ever said with what he's done because nothing, ah, nothing hold on. in this. No, this is not giving him credit, by the way. This is the damning him for something. Oh, no, no, no. He showed fealty or uh, he showed reverence to Saudi Arabia. Oh, they all do. But he was the most transparent about it, though. I don't know. When Obama went over there and bowed to him, that was pretty. <laughs> yeah, I got you, you know? there. I mean, that was right. more of a faux pas than the, you know, you could consider that to be a faux pas more than you can consider yeah. that to be anything else. Well, anyway, all of them are, are beholden to Saudi Arabia. But anyway, that's it for our first hour. That's it for the first hour? That's it for the first hour. In the second hour, I, I do want to spend a lot of time uh, talking about what's going on in Afghanistan. And, and we have uh, a letter from one of uh, from Jill. Jill's got a letter that she sent back to Adrian about his fireworks rant. Yep. So uh, join us at patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah.